This is the Evergreen Empire. Green grow the forests and fair flow the streams. The gentle deer grazes, the wild blossom gleams. From ocean wave raging to mountain serene. All nature's proclaiming our land's evergreen. Welcome to Columbia Conversations. I'm Felix Bunnell, editor of Columbia Magazine for the Washington State Historical Society. On this episode, we speak with David Jepson about the Seattle General Strike of 1919 and his new documentary film, Labor Wars of the Northwest. Well, it's interesting, a hundred years after the end of the strike, Historians still can't agree on what it accomplished. David Jepson teaches Northwest history at a number of local colleges, and he's the award-winning author of the recently published textbook, Contested Boundaries. I spoke with David Jepson by phone from his home in South Puget Sound. Thanks to David Jepson for joining us for this episode of Columbia Conversations. It's the centennial of the Seattle general strike, and David, I met with you a couple years ago. We had a long conversation about the general strike and about a project you had in mind. Um, Let's get to that project in a second, but for someone who's never heard about it, how would you describe what the Seattle General Strike was? The Seattle General Strike was an effort by the the common laborer uh, to be heard, uh, to air his grievances and to exact change from owners and and, uh, capitalist forces. In February 1919, the Seattle dock workers and uh, shipbuilders, the laborers uh, working on the docks, uh, went on strike uh, because owners had promised a raise. Remember, this is in the the um, following the end of, of World War One, and during the war, they had asked for a raise. The the, the ship workers, the dock workers had been promised a raise, get us through the war, get us through World War One. help us get our ships out, and we'll give you a raise then. Well, of course, when the war ended, the demand for ships and, and defense equipment uh, dropped uh, steeply, and the owners reneged. Uh, they refused uh, to give the workers a raise, so they struck uh, in late um, January of 1919. Following that strike, there were a whole series of sympathy strikes. Cab drivers, railroad workers, electrical workers, barbers, waiters, waitresses. Eventually, 125 unions joined together, almost 65,000 workers, and essentially shut down Seattle for six days. Now, is there any reason or reasons why it happened in Seattle and not in Portland or in Boston or other parts of the country? Was there something about what had happened here before that that made this make perfect sense that it happened in Seattle? Uh, Yes. Um, First of all, Seattle um, and the the Pacific Northwest in general um, were more radical. The workers were more radical, and that was a byproduct of the radical nature of the work. Um, Lumber... Uh, logging, shipbuilding, coal mining, fishing are very dangerous jobs, creating very harsh conditions. 
and that led to the to, to a more radicalization. So we'll see general strikes elsewhere in America, but uh, the Seattle one was the first. Uh, the other point I'd like to make is the, the, the general strike was really the culmination of almost 30 years of conflict. Workers start pouring into the region uh, in the 1880s with the arrival of railroads. You know, Pacific Northwest is a long way from anything, and before the railroads, there just wasn't the transportation to move products, to move logs, coal, gold, silver. And so when the railroad arrived, Pacific Northwest, excuse me, the Northern Pacific arrived in, in the late 80s, it just unleashed a torrent of economic activity. Uh, and that brings in jobs. And thousands of workers are coming in here. And right from the start, there's conflict over wages, working conditions, uh, hours. Uh, and so that we need to look at the Seattle General Strike as really the culmination of three decades of conflict between owner and worker. And did the strike... Uh... Did it solve any problems? Did it answer any questions? Did it release pent-up energy or of this 30 years where were things quelled? Or, you know, what came next, I guess? Well, it's interesting. A hundred years uh, after the end of the strike, uh, historians still can't agree on what it accomplished. If we look at it, uh, the worst fears at, at the time was that it was somehow a precursor to a revolution. We know historically from uh, communist upheavals in, in Russia and other parts of the world that a general strike, shutting down a, a country's economy or a city's economy, is really the first step in a major revolt. So that was the fear, that somehow uh, these union radicals, these uh, thousands of workers, uh, were going uh, aimed at, at in a revolution. There's no real evidence that they, that, that they plan that. But on the other hand, it's hard to say what they wanted to accomplish. Uh, the ship, certainly the ship um, uh, workers uh, and dock workers uh, wanted their raise. They won't get it. Uh, but could the union um, organizers have expected to settle wage disputes with 125 different unions? That's not realistic. That was never going to happen. So in that respect, it didn't happen. In that respect, it was a failure. But if we look at it more closely, we can see that at the end of the day, really what those want, workers wanted was to be heard. They wanted their, their grievances aired. They wanted some respect and some dignity and some understanding. And in that respect, I think we can, we can um, call it a success Certainly the world was watching um, newspapers throughout the United States and in many Western countries were covering the strike. Uh, uh, media came from uh, all over the world to, to see what was going on. So in terms of, of having their voice heard, it was a uh, success. And so I've read a little bit about the strike and do I understand correctly that there was very little in the way of violence and that the uh, people involved in the strike actually organized uh, like a parallel government, parallel infrastructure in terms of getting people fed and, and sort of law enforcement and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, it was a very well-organized strike in, in terms of, first, keeping people off the streets. 
they they are the organizers knew that strikes often lead to violence picketing marching rioting these kinds of things and so they basically told the workers to stay home so that that's a, a success in that part that they they managed to uh, to avoid any sort of bloodshed. Uh, the mayor of Seattle, uh, Ole Hansen, called in the National Guard, and they also had in um, a volunteer enforcement force of uh, Army veterans. Uh, they stood guard. So there was a, a lot of law enforcement on the streets. Uh, and they also, the, the strike organizers, yeah, um, they were worried about what, uh, if we're going to have a general strike, we're going to shut down the city. Uh, who's going to turn on the electricity? Who's going to collect the garbage? There was a worry to worry about the hospitals. Uh, who's going to get deliver milk for babies? Uh, so they they came to an agreement with the city over the kinds of essential services that would not be affected. And yeah, they organized uh, milk deliveries. Uh, so at the end of the day. The, the babies got their milk, the hospital stayed open, essential uh, services like electricity and, and, and uh, running water were uh, kept running. And I've seen some of the photographs of large gatherings of people during the strike. Were there ever any moments of tension where various factions confronted each other and there was you know, violence that had to be diffused? Or was this more of a kind of a festive mob thing at when, it, when, when people were gathering in large numbers on the streets? Those large gatherings we see in photographs um, were, were by and large peaceful and relatively rare. Uh, again, the, the workers are told to stay home. We have uh, audio, audio recordings of uh, workers who were in Seattle, and they said you could, uh, the streets were empty. You could walk down uh, Fifth Avenue or up Pine, along Second Avenue to Waterfront, and not see a soul. Uh, the, the, everybody was home. Uh, no, no stores were open. There was no one shopping. Uh, restaurants, barbers, uh, clothing stores, department stores, uh, they're closed. They're shuttered up. And so there's just no reason to go downtown uh, during that uh, six days. Huh. And um, in terms of the, the middle class or the, the white-collar experience of this, say, people who weren't actually involved in striking unions, do we know what the typical experience of someone like that was during the period of the strike in terms of access to, to food and services they needed as just to, to live in Seattle in that time? There's not a lot of evidence on what, what uh, people felt other than that they were uh, told to stay away and that uh, they worried about this idea of revolution. What is this all about? And the fact that the the unions uh, and the organizers didn't have a clearly stated goal, people began to think the worst, and they were afraid. This is a time of, of radical union movements, uh, the industrial workers of the world, the Knights of Labor, uh, the American Federation of Labor, uh, are seen as radicals, uh, even though there's big differences between those different unions. The belief was that it was uh, socialistic. It was radical. Uh, and so there was a lot of fear and and concern about where this is going. So I think most middle-class uh, Americans uh, just stayed away, feared the worst, and, and hoped for the best. And so how did it all turn out when it, when it ended, or how did it end? 
Well, it ended uh, kind of uh, with a whimper. Um, the organizers did not anticipate the hostility to the strike. Uh, first of all, all the major media, the Seattle Times, the PI, uh, other papers, came out very strongly against the, the general strike. Uh, additionally, uh, uh, the mayor, Ole Hansen, came out uh, very diligently against the strike, calls in um, the National Guard, or he gets the governor to do that. Um, he asked the governor to create a curfew. He wants to declare martial law. Uh, he had initially been uh, uh, sympathetic with workers, had had uh, sat in on early meetings and negotiating over the strike, uh, but when he couldn't get his way, when the unions insisted on, on going out, uh, he storms out of the meeting and calls the governor. So uh, between the hostility of the media and the resistance by, by city government, uh, it became clear after four or five days that the strike wasn't going anywhere. Um, workers wanted to go back to work. They wanted to get paid. And so one union at a time um, starts pulling out, and, and then after six days, they officially end the strike. Huh. And, and so you've been working for the last couple of years on a documentary project. Yes. And so tell me about that. I teach Pacific Northwest history at a couple local um, community colleges. And you can't teach Northwest history without talking about the labor movement. And the Seattle General Strike is just, you know, um, one event in, in many. But there's not a lot of tools available, not a lot of curriculum. Um, most Pacific Northwest instructors have to kind of cobble together things off the Internet and, and books. Uh, and as you know, young students today, they like video. They like uh, moving pictures. Uh, and they're, they're very visually oriented. So, But there's no good film available on, on this topic. So that was one motivation. We saw the Seattle General Strike as a, as a way to kind of draw attention to it. it was, the final straw for me was uh, I'm lecturing to my students on, on labor history in the Northwest and talk about the radicalization of workers and the, the rise of the union movements. And I had a student from the back of the room raise his hand and said, Mr. Jepson, what's a union? <laughs> and it, it occurred to me then that students had no idea about what unions were, what they do, uh, why they exist. Uh, we're in an era today with strong anticipate towards the union movement. Uh, it's not a great time for unions. Union membership has dropped down. So I, I just saw this as an opportunity to, one, put the general strike in context, in, in, in the context of this 30-year uh, history, as well as to, to kind of raise awareness of unions and labor issues in general. And so the final product is what and how can people see it? The final product is uh, Labor Wars of the Northwest. It's premiering on February 2nd uh, at the um, MOHAI, the Museum of History and Industry. And it'll be shown twice on, on February 2nd, a Saturday at 1 and at 2.30. Is it going to be available to watch online as well, or is that in the future, or what's the, how's that going to work? We're still looking about how to distribute um, the film, but the, um, our chief objective is uh, education. This is an educational product 
targeted at history students in Washington State colleges, universities, and high schools. In the research you did and in the, you know, the photos and things you looked at and old recordings you came across, what was the most surprising thing that you learned about the general strike that you didn't know before you got into this documentary project? The thing that surprised me the most was the context in which we see the state of labor today. I had the film outlined in my head. On paper, we had a, a, a script ready. And a union member uh, that I interviewed said to me, he said, David, you got to cover the present. You, you've got to tell us where it's gone and, and cover the issues today, at least close with that in some respect. And the lesson was that the gains made a century ago, increased wages, hours, benefits, um, retirement, uh, workers' comp, all these things that we take for granted today are in peril. That the gains made can be taken away at, at any time. And of course, I, I've, you know, I've followed the news. I, I understood the general condition of labor and, and, and the anti-union sentiment are, are, are beginning in Washington, D.C. And, and throughout the country, but I hadn't tied the two together. And it kind of closed the circle for me that that while work is generally safer, uh, pay is more equitable, uh, conditions are better, um, those can go be taken away. So that's that's what surprised me as much is that we're still, in many ways, uh, workers are still facing um, challenges uh, from their employers. And that's great. And I love it when uh, lessons from the past can be used to inform, you know, conversations or debates about the present and the future. That's 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 a perfect world as far as I'm concerned. So congratulations on what sounds like a great project. One last question, which is a little bit of a cliche, I think. Will we ever see another general strike in Seattle or any other U.S. city in the near future? I don't think so. I think uh, the unions are figuring out a better way to be heard and, and exact change. Uh, than um, some sort of massive kinds of strikes. All right. Well, David Jepson, I really appreciate you taking time to join us on Columbia Conversations. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to David Jepson for speaking with me for this episode of Columbia Conversations from the Washington State Historical Society. His new documentary, Labor Wars of the Northwest, premieres in Seattle on February 2nd. For more information about Columbia Magazine or to subscribe, please visit WashingtonHistory.org. I'm Felix Bunnell.